You are listening to the WSA Hour only on 89.1 WIDR Kalamazoo. Today we are joined with members of the WSA cabinet um, discussing a little bit about voting, voter suppression, the youth vote, all of that leading up to the fact that our election is just 12 days away on November 3rd, but voting is already happening. So we're going to cover some topics like that, um, discuss our experiences with voting and things like that. My name is Emma. Um, I'm the WSA VP for political affairs, and I'm also the student co-chair for We Vote at Western Michigan University. Um, so voting has really been my entire focus this semester, but I'd love to have our panelists introduce themselves. So if you guys just want to go down the line and let us know who you are, that's great. I can go. Um, my name is Taylor West. I currently serve as your student body president for WSA. Um, and my experience with voting, I don't know if we're answering this question or we're just doing introductions, is um, just has always been expanding. I wasn't really big into politics a couple of years ago, but to looking where I am right now, looks like some things have changed. So I think this is a really interesting and pertinent conversation to have given our um, very high demand political climate. Hi there, my name is Annika Paulden. Um, I am currently a democracy fellow for the Campus Vote Project, uh, which was launched out of the Fair Election Center. Um, and I'm also uh, working alongside We Vote for this semester. Hi everyone, I am Kyle Petronio, the uh, program director at Wider FM. And my experience with voting has definitely been very limited. I just missed the 2016 election, which I don't know, It's it's very interesting to think about how um, different the political climate is now, or maybe not at all. I'm not sure, but yeah. Hi, um, my name is Emma Scheller, and I'm the VP for Student Affairs for WSA. Um, I've always been pretty big into politics and the idea of voting and everything. Um, I missed the election by year in 2016, and I remember being really kind of angry about not being able to vote. So I just think voting is really important, and uh, it's really the one of the ways that's super accessible for everyone to exercise their political rights. Hi everyone, my name is Jacoby Wright. Uh, I currently serve as a student body vice president alongside the queen herself, um, Taylor West. Um, I'm really excited for the conversation today, um, but this will be my first presidential election, but uh, echo what some of the same sentiments as the, the climate now is drastically different than the last four years. Hi everyone, my name is Ashley Putnam-Murray and I'm currently serving as your Chief Justice for WSA. Uh, this will be my first year ever voting in a presidential election. I feel like this is just a really important election because um, this year the vote for youth is so big and prevalent that it can change the course of this election. And so I'm just really excited that we're going to be able to talk about that and hopefully encourage some of you to go out and vote because like Emma said, we are 13 days away and it's going to be super exciting. Yeah, so I think that covers everybody who is here right now. Maybe we'll have some more trickle in later. We'll kind of see how that goes. Um, but I think a good place to start is kind of where Taylor started talking a little about, bit about what everyone's experience with voting has been. So whether you've already voted this year and you voted absentee or however you might have done it, I think it's kind of cool to talk about the different ways people are voting just because it is a different election outside of the fact that the political climate has changed. Um, we're in the midst of a global pandemic, so people are having to vote in different ways than they typically would. 
Um, I'd also love to hear you guys talk about whether you chose to vote in Kalamazoo or in your hometown. Just whatever you want to talk about with your experience with voting, I think is valuable. I can go. Um, so my experience with voting, like everyone, like most people on the call had said, um, did not get a chance to vote in the 2016 election, which was such a bummer because I know how many students wanted to vote in that election and were just right on the cusp. Um, but my first experience voting was with the midterm election. Um, and that was like really exciting. Like I was on the phone with my mom and like she was walking through it and it was like super great. Um, and I felt empowered after I had finished and submitted my um, absentee because I was in Michigan at the time. Um, and so I had just ordered my absentee ballot and had some support with getting that and submitting that. And then my second time voting was a couple days ago, I had submitted my um, ballot at the Bernhardt Center yesterday and I was doing a little a little jig um, in the Bernhardt Center room because I was I was so excited because this is a very important um, and necessary election. Um, and I definitely forgot the second half of this question, Emma. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I kind of rambled as I asked like six questions at a time. Um, but basically just, I guess you covered your experience, but I guess like, you know, if knowing that you've dropped off at the Bernhard Center, that's like a really great resource that's specific to this year. The Kalamazoo City Clerk's Office actually like worked very hard to make sure we would have that on campus this year. Um, and I think that it's bringing down a lot of barriers. So if you could talk anything about your experience registering there, that would be awesome. So originally I had went on vote.org and was going to get my ballot sent to my house, but then I was like, no, because I'm living on campus. So I had put in all the necessary, the necessary registration to get it sent to my on-campus address. But then last Thursday I had gotten an email. I was like, yep, it's being shipped to your, to your um, Oak Park address. I was like, man, no, like that's not what I wanted. So, um, but then my lovely VP, VP for political affairs, Emma, um, said that if I, if you live on campus, you can go register to vote in Michigan and vote in the Bernhardt Center all in the same time. I was like, bet. Um, so then I made an effort to go over to the Bernhardt Center and do that. Also took a couple of my RA um, co-workers over with me because um, we were experiencing the same thing and got it all said. The people in the Bernhardt Center were really nice um, and walked us through everything. We had the only thing we had to show was an ID and proof of residency. And again, if you live on campus, then you can just show them your housing assignment on GoWMU and then they'll give you your ballot and just fill it out. And it was a, I wanna say it's a process cause it's a, it's a pretty long ballot. Um, and you definitely wanna do your research to pick the best candidate that you see fit. Um, but it was kind of fun doing, especially if you're doing it with friends, um, not obviously like sharing what you're gonna do, but like researching together and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so that was like my experience. Again, I was super pumped all the way through to do it. And it was really easy. It's not as hard as everyone assumes it. And just to tack on to that, um, a quick note about the hours of the Bernhard Center. I feel I've got not a lot of questions from the classroom visits I've been doing. Um, and it just, it is open Monday through Friday, 9 until 5 p.m. Um, and they are even open on Saturday sometimes. So I know on Saturday, October 24th, which is I think like national vote early day, uh, they're open from 10 a.m. to six. And then they're also open on the Saturday right before the election, Saturday, October 31st, uh, 10 to six as well. And then just a quick note, um, I'll, I'll mention, I guess my voting experience, just like Taylor, uh, I just missed the 2016 election. Uh, my first election was in 2018. 
uh, for the midterm election. And this year, I just voted today. So an exciting day to finally uh, get that done and get that out of the way. And I didn't re-register in Kalamazoo. I'm actually from Kalamazoo originally. So my voting precinct is only about 20 minutes away from where I live um, off campus. So I just drove to my local clerk's office today, uh, went in, was in and out in probably 20 minutes. Uh, it was a really easy process and it was enjoyable. I was glad to be able to do that today. Cool. I'll, I guess I'll go real quick just to um, talk about my experience. Um, yeah, like I said before, I really didn't vote like a lot of the other folks here on the panel. Um, uh, because I couldn't. <laughs> um, I did, I believe I did vote in the midterms at some points. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm registered in my hometown of Heartland. So I actually had my mom drive out to Battle Creek and gave me my ballot and I filled it all out, you know, did my research and um, yeah, very empowering. Um, but yeah, I, I would not recommend what I did. I would definitely recommend voting uh, in person at the clerk, clerk's office. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's Eli here, and I'll just throw this out there. Um, I feel like I'm the outlier. I actually was able to vote in the 2016 election, and that was uh, really exciting, but I did vote at the polls, and uh, the one thing I will say is I definitely echo Taylor's sentiments about knowing who you are going to vote for, because obviously everyone knows, um, you know, who the, who the presidential candidates are, and at that time, uh, the gubernator gubernatorial candidates were, but I really didn't know you know, anyone else, so there's, you know, there's all these uh, judicial and, and clerk and random county positions. So if you can, and uh, um, maybe Emma knows the correct term, but like the uh, propositions that are going up, you know, that are typically on the back of the ballot. So if you, you really should go and find out exactly what is gonna be on your ballot before you go, especially if you go and vote at the poll, because you know, when I filled out my absentee ballot this year, I just did it with my mom and she helped me, you know, figure out who to vote for, not necessarily determining who I should vote for, but figure out who the candidates were. And, and that was really beneficial. But, and that's something I didn't have uh, when I voted in the 2016 election. So definitely do your research beforehand. That's, that's just my two cents. And yeah. a great resource for that, um, sorry, Emma, I don't mean to overtalk, but a really great resource for that is uh, vote411.org, vote so vote411.org. If you go to that website, you can just, there's a tab right on the front page that says find what's on your ballot. You can type in the, or the address where you're registered to vote, so either your home address or if you're registered to vote in Kalamazoo. Um, and then you can type in your address and it shows you every single race that you are eligible or that you are eligible to vote for based on your geographical location. And it'll talk you through each candidate. You can even do a side-by-side -side comparison of candidates and the questions they answered. So it's a really good resource. And it also talks about those proposals that were just mentioned. Um, so it does proposals, local, state, and federal elections all in one place. It's a really good resource for voters. Yeah, that's basically exactly what I was going to say. The League of Women Voters also has a really excellent nonpartisan resource. Um, and the cool thing about that one is it's written in the candidates' words, so you can kind of get a vibe of who they are and how they answer the same questions differently. Um, so that can be a really interesting resource to look at as well. But I think Eli brings up a really good point um, in terms of obviously educating yourself on all of the 
elected officials on the ballot, but I think you also really need to emphasize that point about the propositions on the ballot and the different proposals because, first of all, they are different for every geographical location. So like this year, as you're voting in Kalamazoo, you're voting in Ashtamo, you have different proposals than the people in Kalamazoo do. You all have some that are the same that are statewide, um, but there's the ones that are very specific to each area. And they are generally written in very political jargon. And a lot of times they're purposely written to confuse you. So they'll be written in kind of like backwards language where sometimes yes means no, if you guys know what I mean. So by doing that research, and we have links on the WeVote website as well that explain all the propositions on the Kalamazoo ballot. You definitely want to read that language and make sure you understand it because sometimes filling out that ballot in the moment kind of feels like you're taking a test. So if you do your research, it's going to feel like you've studied, I guess is kind of a good way of putting it. Um, but who else wants to talk about their experiences with voting? It'd be cool to see. I don't know if any of you are planning to vote in person or this year or more experiences voting in person, but I think a lot of people seem to be taking the absentee ballot this route this year, which is definitely the safest way to do it. Uh, so I can talk about my experience. So, like, this is my first time, like, voting in general. Um, and so I'm really excited to be able to vote in a presidential election. And so, like, I'm a little upset that I can't go to the polls because, like, of COVID. But, like, I'm definitely voting absentee just because it's safer and it's a better option than going to the polls where I could potentially get exposed to COVID. But, like, I've always been interested in politics ever since I was a kid. I'm obviously, because, like, I'm a political science major. This is something I'm interested in. So, like, I finally get the opportunity to actually vote um, instead of always just being asked, oh, who would you vote for if you could vote? So I think that's just really interesting. And going through the whole registration process online was also really, like, interesting because um, I originally was able to vote, like, last year during the midterms, but I wasn't able to make it to the polls in time. I had like too many things going on and I know that's a bad excuse, but like, I'm just really excited that I get to finally actually vote in a presidential election this year. Yeah, no, I mean, I would say don't feel bad about that idea of waiting in line. So we're going to get into that a little bit later and talking about why it can be really hard for students, especially to vote. So again, you are listening to the WSA Hour as we talk about voting and voter suppression on 89.1 WIDR Kalamazoo. Please research your local people. People overlook the local elections. Please look them up. You're voting for people like, uh, like sheriffs, for mayors. Dude, that's the stuff that like will affect you like every day. Yes. One yes. of the biggest things you could do for police reform. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You want to see change? Vote in local elections. Never better said it themselves. Get out and vote. This has been a message from 89.1 Wider FM. Uh. This is Avery with Purgem Students, a nonpartisan activist group turning off the youth vote. We're reminding our listeners that October 19th is the deadline for online voter registration in Michigan. To register, you can visit studentvote.org. You may need to update your registration if your address has changed. To vote absentee, you can request your ballot at michigangov.vote. Young people can let others decide our future, or we can decide to influence a future that works for us by voting. We encourage you to visit studentvote.org and make your voice heard. This has been a message from 89.1 Wider FM, online at WIDRFM.org. You are listening to the WSA Hour, only on 89.1 WIDR Kalamazoo. Um, but since we're still on this topic, if Dahlia 
or Emma Scheller. I think those are our last two who haven't really talked about their experience. If you guys want to share anything. Okay, yeah, I could go. Um, Dahlia here. Um, honestly, you know, it's kind of a weird situation uh, with voting because it's so different now with, you know, the absentee ballots. And you can vote online or uh, like through mail-in and all these different things. Um, my only experience with it was really like the midterm elections. Um, I'm still pretty new at voting, so I've only gotten around to voting once. Um, but I did in person then, um, and I'm planning on doing in person on November 3rd. Um, I think if you have the opportunity to, um, you know, and to take proper precautions, I think you should. Um, I'm just very adamant about making my voting, my <clears throat> my vote like count and that it's heard um so I'll be going in person but you know to each their own I kind of echo Dahlia's sentiments I really want to vote um absentee but I'm kind of like nervous about making sure my vote is counted so part of me wants to vote in person but like there's some very real fears that I feel like didn't exist to this election like what if there's a terrorist attack like a domestic terrorist attack at an election election center on on November 6th um that's something I ask and I wouldn't be surprised if we see it happen um and that's the new fear I didn't have before so uh yeah this is the first election I felt scared um I guess I felt scared in 2016 but I'm older now and I just feel scared yeah kind of echoing what Emma just mentioned uh, on a maybe less extreme note about like terrorist incidents, but um, more just thinking about what we've already seen, you know, the plenty of people have been, you know, instances where they have either been trying to either block them from voting or discourage them from voting, or even, you know, I, I just heard this week, somebody set fire to like a voting box. Um, it's like, how do you know whose ballots were in there? But all of them are gone. They're they're destroyed in a fire. Um, so just making sure that you know we're doing every possible thing to make sure our vote is counted. You know, and uh, Emma mentioned this: the fear of not um, having your vote be counted. But you can actually track your uh, absentee ballot and make sure that it got to the correct polling site. And and I did that to make sure mine got to my city clerk's office. Maybe you've already mentioned this. Uh, Emma Barada, but I missed it. So, and I think that's an important resource that people should know about too. Yeah, I, I didn't know about that, but if you could share more with everybody um, about that information, that'd probably be great. Yeah, no, I think you guys are all bringing up really valid points. I think you're bringing up concerns a lot of people have in this election is kind of that idea of you know, this is my vote and I'm going to throw it into the mail, which this is something I've talked to WeVote about from the very beginning of this semester is that, you know, as students, like we don't really have a lot of experience with the postal service. We're not mailing each other letters and stuff like that. Like really our experience with the mail is like Amazon packages or like things your parents maybe send you. So I think it, it can be like nerve wracking to trust that like you're going to put this ballot in the mail and it's going to get there. But Eli does bring up a really good point is that there is tracking put on every single ballot. So once you put your ballot in the mail, you can go online and it has track tracking in it and you will get a notification when it gets there. So you can make sure that it's doing 
that it does arrive where it needs to go. Um, at this point, though, I personally, and just knowing from when I worked with the clerks, they are really, the Kalamazoo area clerks are really good about interacting with us at WeVote. Um, and even they personally recommended to us, if you are able to put your absentee ballot in the drop box at your clerk's office, that's what you should do. Um, it's not to say that the Postal Service won't get it there. I mean, at this point, I would be worried it wouldn't get there in time. Um, but that's, again, like not knowing consistency with the Postal Service as a student. But, you know, if you're putting it in that drop box, you know it's at the place it's supposed to be. You know, it's where it's supposed to get. So that can give you a little bit more peace of mind if you do want to do the absentee option, but don't necessarily want to use the Postal Service. Um, I think right now we're kind of in a spot to, to take a quick break and then we can kind of get into those ideas of like what are the barriers that exist in this election, especially for students. Um, and there's a lot of historical bar barriers we can talk about um, as well. But for now, um, just a reminder to everyone listening that this is the WSA Hour um, on 89.1 WIDR Kalamazoo. So if you're listening or tuning in, turn up your radio. Turn up your stream, to, just turn up whatever you're listening to so you can hear me 100% clearly when I tell you to f***ing vote on November 3rd. This has been a message from 89.1 Wider FM, online at WIDRFM.org. So you're listening to the WSA Hour, only on 89.1 WIDR Kalamazoo. Um, we are discussing with some members of the WSA cabinet and some representatives from We Vote, um, just our experiences with voting. But right now we're going to get into a little bit of a conversation about what everyone feels whether there are barriers specifically that young people face to voting, um, what you think about the presence of voter suppression in America at this point, um, you know, where do you think voter suppression is occurring at disproportional rates, or who do you think is targeted by that? Um, I know people kind of already started to have thoughts, so feel free to jump in. I can start if no one else is going to um so just for context i am a white man um and there's just a lot of things that i notice in terms of voting that um a lot of hetero white males also tend to have in terms of voting and i think there's kind of this like nihilist notion of oh nothing matters you know we're always doomed and to some extent, I think that is true, but it, uh, I don't know. It, maybe it's just a feeling of, you know, constant media, like, suppression, and um, it never, I don't know, I guess it really never feels like we're getting the truth from politicians, speaking as someone who is, you know, kind of coming from this outsider perspective. Um, I think the reason I'm engaging now in politics and voting a lot more with an open mind is that, you know, I, I don't think there's a perfect candidate per se. I think, you know, everyone's got their ideas and you really have to kind of just pick your best option as, as crappy as that sounds. Like, I think there's, there's a lot to be said for that. But yeah. I mean, I think Kyle brings up a good point is like, in terms of voter suppression like the the purpose of it is suppression and so the groups that it's occurring 
towards generally are groups who are already oppressed. And then you have that media piece of it of, you know, is voter suppression being covered? Do we really, like, unless it's happening to you, how aware are you that it's actually happening? And I think now we have a lot more awareness because of social media and like, you know, you're on Twitter and you see someone, you know, posting a video of them standing in a four hour line at the polls or, you know, someone walking up to the polls and like being intimidated actively by um, someone who disagrees with them. I think you see that stuff a lot more. Um, But this stuff has been historically happening for years and years. And some of the, you know, some of the ideas of oppression and like, or of voter suppression and like things like that are very explicit, you know, like sometimes it is like that threat of physical violence that people were talking about having that fear of. But a lot of times also like there's systemic barriers that exist too. And, you know, those generally go towards groups of people who either historically don't vote because of those barriers that exist. So it's just kind of a perpetuated cycle. Um, But yeah, I don't know if anyone has thoughts for or against that opinion? I mean, I would definitely agree. There's definitely systemic um, things in place that inhibit a lot of people from voting. I know one of the biggest ones um, that I have been talking a lot about or just have been having a lot of conversations about is the availability of poll workers. I know that was a huge one this year. Um, And if there's not enough poll workers to work the precincts or the polls, um, then those areas will have to shut down. And often this does happen in already um, like marginalized communities. So it tends, uh, so if a poll has to shut down, it's not, it's more likely to happen that it will shut down in a predominantly African-American area than if it was in a predominantly white area. So this just leads to those people who it's their precinct, they now have to find a different place to go vote. Um, And then there are gonna be a lot longer lines, uh, like that was already talked about, there was that three hour line at MSU. So. I know that that has been a huge thing that people have been pushing for this year is for younger people to go and be poll workers because it is the the old, this is a very COVID-19 issue because older people tend to be poll workers and now they can't or they don't want to expose themselves to that, which is a very understandable risk. Uh, so they're really pushing for youth to go vote so that doesn't happen and so that there is the availability of precincts for all people in all areas and it's not just uh, certain people having or certain areas um, and certain populations that are having their precincts closed or shut down. Just like briefly adding on to that, a lot of the systemic problems, it's, it's, a, it's a combination of things, but I think, you know, kind of the old versus the young mentality has kind of played out throughout our country's history. And um, I'm definitely biased in this opinion, but I think um, our generation does actually have the the means and the capacity to really make systemic change that has been 200 years in the making that needs to be like induced or I don't know what the word would be encouraged or yeah I think one thing that's important to to maybe think about or or talk about in regards to the suppression piece is that a lot of people encourage the young vote but there's not a lot of help to get the young people to the vote um like school for an example is a huge barrier teachers will promote the vote or say vote but then teachers are also turn around and have an exam on the same day or give you a bunch of homework you know that's due on that day which really isn't conducive to actually getting you to the polls or actually getting you out there to vote um so i think you know 
educators and employers um, for these people that are younger and don't have any other times in their day that they would be able to, to go vote and need to do a little bit more to assist in that process because we got to do more than just say that young people need to vote. It's very interesting. It's not like a national holiday, really, you know? It's like, why? I don't know. Maybe it is in other countries, but... say that in other countries, not all countries, but in other countries, it is generally a holiday or not a weekday, which I think is really odd. Who can just like, on the middle of a Tuesday, you know, that in itself is another barrier. Working people can't just walk out of their jobs to go vote. Um, And it is, you know, university, in that university setting, you have people encouraging you to vote, but again, like, you have class on that day or same thing goes for work, like those barriers will continue. Um, And I mean, that's something that WSA has worked on. We passed resolutions last year um, that were brought before the faculty Senate at the beginning of this year. One was to have no classes on election day, um, but also encouraging professors. We knew that having no classes was going to be kind of a difficult thing to push just in terms of changing the academic calendar. That's always going to be a challenge. But um, we also just really encouraged professors not to hold like, not to take part or um, attendance credit that day, not to have exams or like high stakes assignments. So a presentation, something like that. Um, and then also including a syllabus statement, which would have had that information in it. Um, Unfortunately, it got shot down because they had to add um, additions for COVID guidelines into the syllabus. And so they basically decided that it was too many new things to be added and that they didn't want to add this thing on voting, Um, which I just feel like is interesting because the Faculty Senate has also like supported us. You know, they've sent out letters to all the faculty members with information on voting. But it's again, you know, they're pushing us to vote, but they're not taking that extra step to like make it accessible. Um, So, yeah, I think that's like a really common barrier is just like knowing you don't have to wait. You're going to have to wait in line. And I think that kind of is the one advantage that you have this year that absentee voting has become so prominent is that you really can do it on your own time and you can drop it off in that drop box um, during the clerk's office hours. But some of them throughout Kalamazoo, there's also drop boxes that are just outside that you can drop it in at any point in time. So I think in some ways, like it's a little crazy to me that like being in a pandemic removed some barriers before like actual change. Almost like it was the catalyst. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think this pandemic is going to be a catalyst for a lot of changes, but I mean, to continue on the idea of specifically how students face barriers. You also have two major factors I think maybe some of you guys could speak on. I know that some of you are from out of state or like Taylor talked about how she's voted out of state and now is voting in Kalamazoo, which is the same thing that I did this year. Um, You have that idea of your constantly changing address as a college student. So even from year to year in college, you're probably not coming back to the same address or maybe you are, but you're in a different unit or a different room. Um, And so you're having to update that address every single year. And like students don't necessarily know that they can register and vote in Kalamazoo, even if you don't live, even if your family lives somewhere else or you are an out-of-state student. I mean, it is your right. There was a Supreme Court case that said you could register and vote where you go to school. So that's one barrier that a lot of students face. There's also the idea that um, you're automatically registered to vote 
when you apply for a driver's license in Michigan, but you can't vote at 16. So young people don't get that automatic registration until they turn 21 and get that new license. So you have all those students who are in the 18 to 20 range who don't get that automatic registration and have to do it themselves, which is just kind of crazy because, you know, like those are the first time voters that aren't getting that helping hand. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that or any things that you've experienced. I want to kind of rewind a little bit to a point you made about the pandemic kind of being a catalyst for all this systemic change. Um, And I think these issues with voting and these issues that I want to say like deep seated within our government are kind of being unearthed by this pandemic because I think when we go under crisis, we have to adapt. Um, And I remember uh, I was at a concert uh, and I was in Prague when the pandemic hit and it was when the first four cases came out in Prague. And I had this moment where I told my sister, I was like, this is going to change everything that we know, like about the world. Like, this is going to change everything. I'm like, it's going to change the way people think about healthcare, about our government system, about travel, about interaction, all of that. And I think that even within our classes, we're not really given the moment to digest the impact of the pandemic and even the pandemic on us being a college student and how to adapt to that. Um, and that kind of is a branching off an earlier point you made, Emma, but I think that that's something that everyone listening, I encourage you to do, to take a moment and digest about how this pandemic is going to change you because it's going to change all of us. And we don't talk about that. 89.1 wider FM. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think you can also, my hope as well is that now that a lot of these systemic issues within our government have been revealed, and I think especially young people are really like leading the charge and shining a light on some of these issues. I hope that that is going to motivate people to go out and vote. I think there's just so many things going on right now that are motivating factors that make voting feel immediate finally. And I think that's been something that's kind of barred students from voting or young people from voting is that it doesn't always feel like you can make an immediate change with voting. And right now, like, we need change so badly that you need to take every avenue you have. And I hope that that's going to motivate people. Um, So we can kind of go into that topic um, in just a second, but we'll take a quick break. So again, you are listening to the WSA Hour as we talk about voting and voter suppression on 89.1 WIDR Kalamazoo. As the student co-chair for We Vote and the WSA VP for Political Affairs, I just want to make sure that students know that there are so many resources available to you to make sure that you're able to register to vote, request an absentee ballot, and make a voting plan. You can still register in person at the clerk's office and vote in person at the clerk's office through the election day. And a reminder to all students living on campus or to those of you who would go to the Kalamazoo City Clerk's Office, you can register and vote in person on the first floor of the Bernhardt Center every single weekday. So please take advantage of that. Um, It's a great initiative that the city has brought forward for us to be able to have our voting rights. So please take advantage of those rights. Um, Again, go to TurboVote to get all that information. This has been a message from 89.1 Wider FM online at WIDRFM.org. Once again, we are back with the WSA Hour on 89.1 WIDR Kalamazoo. Um, So we're discussing topics about 
just voting and how voter suppression kind of is playing out. So we know that like just according to data alone, um, young people historically turn out to vote at lower levels than any other age demographic, um, which, you know, it's, there's a lot of reasons why that may be. So I'd love to hear like what you guys think some of those reasons are, but also keeping in mind that um, in some studies this year that came out of Tufts University, Michigan has been named one of the top 10 states where the youth vote has the highest um, probability of influencing the election. So that's not to say like it's going to influence it one way or another, but just that the sheer number of us will be the determining factor for the election. And because this election is going to be so close, like put in perspective that Western Michigan University itself the 20,000 students we have here could absolutely decide Michigan's outcome in this election. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about that. Or the national outcome, honestly. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think it's, for young people, it's really hard to understand why voting is relevant. I mean, I personally definitely uh, had trouble with like, why does like any of this matter? And Again, going back to that like um, idea of privilege and everything, like I I have lived a very privileged life, and I and I acknowledge that, um, and I know that a lot of people do not have those liberties, and um, it's less it's less about me, and it's more about um, I want I want to equalize it out, or I guess like create an equity in terms of, you know, experiences that we can all have through these things we vote for and, you know, improve better quality of life for everyone, I guess, is the best way I would put it. I just, I, I really would love to hear, I guess, like, what is, I mean, I think everyone in this call ha at this point has either already voted or we know Dahlia's making has her solid plan to vote. But, you know, obviously there's a lot of motivating factors for voting, but, you know, what is the most important one to you this time? Or, and I would also venture to ask, you know, outside of the presidential race, because it's getting all that attention, like, you know, what's the most important race to you? What's the most important office that you want, that you think is important that maybe doesn't get the attention? Your local offices, most definitely getting, or um, figuring out information, doing your research on who's running for your local office is crucial because, I mean, I'm not going to get into a whole government one-on-one -on -one breakdown of the, <laughs> of the, difference. I mean, you could, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, true, true. We, we, we could hop into that, but, but being cautious, it'll on, be on a different show. I, that'll be on wink, a different wink. Right. Right. We could, we could always plug to a different show, but I'd say the local offices are probably the most important, even though presidential ones does, does get the, the most clout. It's crucial to know who's making policies and laws um, for your state, for your community, um, because there are certain um, jurisdictions that are separate for federal and state legislature. So I would recommend doing your, you know, they got some, they got some cute videos on YouTube that break down the federal and state um, legislature sessions. But um, I would say that local is probably the most pertinent to us as a, as a, community so living in Michigan you want to know what policies what rules and it's the same thing about applying for jobs I know many people go to school like out of state 
or find jobs out of state, maybe even out of the country, it's important to do research about the community you be you would be living in um, to know if it if it best suits you. And that's the same thing with like researching um, different policies and people running for office that fit with your values, um, depending on which state you live in. So I think local um, and state voting is probably the most important. Yeah, I'll just add to that. I think in this election specifically, um, we have two very important like Congress races, the House race um, for Southwest Michigan and um, the other open Senate seat. Um, they're two huge races, um, one for an incumbent that's been in office for more than 30 years who you know, if you believe in term limits for congressman, has uh, served his time for sure more more than once over. Um, so I think that's something important to look at, um, as well as you know the work that um, you know one of our one of the people that are that's running for reelection has has been doing uh, over the you know the past few years. I think it's important to analyze, you know, what what happens when a a new person is elected in a position and, you know, are, do you want to see what more they can do? Um, or do you want to change it up? So I think it's really important to, to look at that more holistically than just, you know, saying, I'm going to vote for this party straight ticket. I'd like to add on to your point, is this Jacoby, I think, I don't know, it just says WSAVP. <laughs> um, I think a lot of the time people gravitate more towards the more toward the political side of voting and not necessarily the actual policies and you know practices that are going on um and i think that's something that needs to be addressed and especially when you're researching the people you're voting for kind of looking at you know what their where their allegiances lie i guess would be the best way to put it and you know vote accordingly after that yeah, so I think as we're kind of coming to an end, um, I'd love to have Taylor ask the question that she had, um, and then I have a final question that I want all of us to answer. So go ahead, Taylor. Hey, Taylor speaking. Um, the question I want to pose to the group is what advice do you have or what would you like to say to students who feel like their vote doesn't necessarily produce any actionable change or actually have any significant weight, given that, you know, we've heard the opinions about the top 1% of the 1% controlling the entire world <laughs> and kind of having our vote having no weight in those major decisions of those, you know, major, major meetings. So what advice do you have to those students who see this, see the world as a type of um, fixed structure that no matter how much we vote and no matter how much we do, nothing will change given um, the systemic structure of America. So what advice do you have for those students? Um, I was just going to say, to start out with, I think a lot of people, you have two sides to that situation of people who, you know, aren't voting because they don't think they're going to be heard. You have half of those people who it's about apathy and they are like, that it's coming from a point of privilege of, for me, it doesn't really matter who's going to be in office because my votes aren't, or my rights aren't on the ballot. My um, quality of life is not going to be affected by who's in office because you're in a point of privilege. Then you have the side more of what Taylor's talking about of people who are a part of 
a, a marginalized or an oppressed group of people who feel like this system has been in place for so long and what does my one vote do to change that and that's such a valid feeling to have like I think you, it's it can be hard when you're feeling that way and you have all these people just saying go out and vote go out and vote like your vote is your power and it's it's hard to hear people say that to you when you don't feel like your vote has power um but what i would say to that is as much as our vote is not going to topple the systems tomorrow or probably in the next 20 years even i hope that we see systemic changes in my lifetime but knowing that knowing how history has run you know, you can't, you have, you have to be realistic about the fact that, yeah, your vote is not going to topple a system by next year. But at the same time, it really is about those grassroots levels and those local officials and those city officials, because your vote for those people absolutely matters. Because a lot of systemic changes, they start from the bottom and they move to the top. So I think you have to be like thinking about the fact that are you are you going to topple the unfair practices of the United States government? Maybe not, but could you change unfair practices or um, leaders that aren't, you know, recognizing people in the city of Kalamazoo? Absolutely. And you have so much power because of how few people vote in state and local elections that, you know, you can really influence the outcome there. And those people are generally the ones who are really in it for the right reasons, in it because they want to represent people or because they want to make change at that level and they want to make their communities a better place. So I think by thinking about it on a community level, you can see the impact a little bit more than you will on a national scale where there just are so many like bureaucratic barriers that you have to break through to be able to make any kind of like large scale systemic change. So I think it's just knowing that like, that's a really valid thought to have. And it's about knowing that your vote does matter, but it's not the only thing that matters and that you can still continue to organize and know that you're organizing, you know, that can have a more dramatic and more immediate impact maybe than your vote. But that doesn't mean that neglecting your vote is gonna get you where you wanna go. So I had a couple thoughts on what you were saying, specifically regarding numbers. And I am not by any means a numbers guy. I just, you know, play around with audio stuff. So take it, take it or leave it. Um, but I know for a fact that elections have historically been decided by just a small number of votes. And the one example I can think of that comes to mind is with, uh, I think it was Gore and Bush in 2000, if correct me if I'm wrong, but um, just kind of briefly looking at that historical precedence, like, you know, again, like Emma was saying, not a lot of the country, okay, I'm correct, sweet, I know some things, um, but anyways, yeah, like, a lot of people don't get out and vote, but it's, it's that collective consciousness or that group think of, oh, well, my vote doesn't matter, then yeah, you're absolutely right in the sense that everyone else is believing that as well. But when you have the numbers, when you have an actual representation of, we, we talk about representation a lot here, I feel like. And if you have an, actu an accurate and actual repre representation of what the American people want, then, then you know that's where voting is valid right now. 
it feels like it's not because there's too many people that don't believe in the principle of it. And so it's, it's literally right there in front of you. And again, it's that apathy thing Emma was talking about as well. 89.1 Wider FM by the students for the students. Who else kind of has a thought on what you would say to people who are kind of in that state of mind? I think also individuals think change is supposed to happen so quick. And I feel like the the instantaneous um, generation. Yes. I feel like the content like um like when something is bad or something is wrong, it's supposed to be fixed immediately. But seeing how the systems are set up to not allow that to happen so swiftly it causes more like anger and rage for it not being done so fast. And that's why like the importance of voting and, and working from like a micro to a meso to a macro level um, is the strategy and approach that we have to use. Um, given that there are high, like, cause I can understand both sides to it. That's why it's crazy. Cause like I can understand there are people in positions of power who have always been in positions of power and making these decisions that like not even the president has access to, you know, but um, in terms of changing again on those different levels, I feel like us as citizens of this nation have the right and opportunity to do that. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know where I'm rambling on to, but that's just like where I no, see. Absolutely. And I think it's, again, speaking from white male perspective that probably doesn't have a common white male perspective from what I've understood lately. Um, you know, it's not about you. I'm just going to say it. All you white males out there, it's not about you. This is about literally everyone else, their human rights, their, you know, quality of life. Um, and it, it feels so weird saying that after like, basically not caring about the election four years ago but times change a pandemic happens and like you gotta you gotta adapt and learn and I think learning how to vote has been so um just rewarding and I feel not like a I I don't know it it just it just feels good to be like woke I guess (laughs) if that's the word um but yeah sorry guys I'm just had an epiphany or something. <laughs> Can I just say, you know, thank you, Kyle. Like, like, thank you for that. That is, that is just, I mean, my God, like, thank you. Like, it's, why can't thank people you. <laughs> morally, morally or ethically, you know, um, think, think morally just. or ethically. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, it's just so... Yeah, that that's all I got. I'm sorry. <laughs> White males, it's not about you. Put that on a t-shirt. I yeah. I probably won't run for political office, but who knows, maybe if that day ever comes. For sure. I mean, I would order the t-shirt. But I think I just to circle back a little bit, I think that you're both you guys are making really, really good points. And it relates back to something that um I was ca- after talking to like the we vote committee i came in with them over the summer and they've been doing this for a long time and i hadn't worked with we vote before coming into wsa and they were kind of talking about how words like values mean a lot to older people like when they when they are like i vote based on my values like there's kind of a general consensus of what their values are or what my american values <laughs> exactly but it's like as young people like 
you know, I don't think we necessarily identify with that term of values as much. I think we have values, absolutely. But like, we don't want to hear you say that I'm, that you're voting based on values. We want to hear like, like, I think we're looking for a little bit more substance, a little more realness, not just the principle of values. We want to see those values in action. Executed. Right. And I think Taylor also brings up a good point and something that I've just in my experience working on campaigns and with like in politics is like um this this woman who was working on a campaign um back in the 2018 midterms she reached out to me like knowing that I had some campaign experience and that I was like involved in politics and was like what can we say to young people to make them vote and I think Taylor really hit it on the head is it's that sense of immediacy that's that has kind of been lacking for a lot of young people that feels like because politics takes a long time government takes a long time and it's like we're on like you know you're going out and protesting and you're you're you know collecting money and you're collecting donations and you're doing all these things and you're doing so much for the government to move so slowly on these issues that you want to see change on but I think that now people are seeing that like maybe we're not going to see immediate change, but if we don't do something now, we're going to see immediate, like, problems and major failure. 89.1, wider FM. We were just going to end on really briefly having every person say why they're voting in 2020. I'm voting in 2020 for myself and um, for the betterment of my nation as well as my um, immediate community. I'm voting because white males are dumb and we've been controlling this country for way too long and it's about time that changes. Even though, you know, the the two main political candidates are both white old men, but we're getting there. I am voting because I know that our generation is the future of this country and while we may not be the dominant voting force right now, um, one day we most certainly will be. I am voting for myself and those that I care about because everyone deserves, you know, human rights and equity in all spaces and environments that they have to interact in. Uh, I think I'd say I'm voting because it's my constitutional right um, and I'm going to use all the rights that have been given to me um, until they get taken away. That was deep. And let me just piggyback off of that. Yeah, also because I'm a black female and I didn't have the right to vote. So using every little drop I have left before, who knows what happens in the future? We've all been grown or we all grew up on those like dystopian, you know, Hunger Games, Divergent, everything. So who knows what's going to happen? So I'm going to use my rights until I can. Yeah, I'll finish it out by saying I'm voting this year and every year. Um because it's my right and because as a woman 100 years ago this year, that's when people got the right to vote. And for a lot of people, there were people who fought and died for you to be able to vote. So knowing that it's that important and that people wanted to take away that right so badly, like I would never let somebody take that away from me and I would never, you know, that's why I think it's important people, you know, People fought to take that away from so many people, and it, they wouldn't do that if it wasn't important. 
Um, so I think that that's a really great way to end it. I'm really glad you guys have all shared your perspectives today um, and that everyone that's listening is tuned in. Um, I want to end just giving a promotion for our final We Vote Get Out the Vote Push event of the year. It's coming up this Tuesday, October 27th at 6 p.m. You'll be able to access it on uh, We Vote's YouTube and Facebook pages. And it's going to, we're basically calling it We Will Reign and We Will Vote. So playing off of um, one of Western's little slogans. And it is going to feature a panel discussion of students from all different um, some politically based student organizations, some student government organizations. We have undergrads and graduate students um, talking about some of these same topics. Um, we're going to touch on the history of the youth vote as well. And then we're also super, super excited to be featuring an introductory speech from the Lieutenant Governor of Michigan, Garland Gilchrist. He's going to be giving a speech directly to WMU students, so you're not going to want to miss it. Again, that's going to be this Tuesday at 6 p.m. on We Vote's YouTube and Facebook pages. Um, but with that, we are coming to an end of the WSA Hour on 89.1 WIDR Kalamazoo. Thanks for joining us.